everybody. David Donaldson here with another episode of Entrepreneurial Impact, joined by my associate, Joe Martin. And today we have an esteemed author, investor, Colin Tate. Colin, also known as the host coach. For those of you watching at home, here's a copy of his book. I had the, uh, the ability to hear him present on this topic of wealth building and financial freedom through real estate at a recent event, one of our, our KW regional events. And I was intrigued. Right. I, I had previously been an investor, uh, kind of liquidated some stuff over time and kind of been tipping my toe about got back in. And, and your focus in short term and, and Airbnbs, I thought really struck a chord because a lot of the coaching, a lot of the conversation we're having with business owners that are in real estate right now is financial freedom through wealth. And what a better topic of conversation is investing with what you know, and that is real estate. So welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Why, before we kind of jump in, let's give us a little bit of a background about you and, you know, because I know real estate was not your background prior to this. Uh, so why don't you kind of share like where you came from and, and how you ended up as an investor? Yeah, I've always been a, uh, I refer to myself as a serial entrepreneur. I was really in the tech space, um, did some electronics manufacturing in the early part of my career, and then got into some software, web-based type technologies. Um, in 2018, the startup that I was working for sold. And so I was unemployed and at a crossroads, you know, 48 years old, looking at, you know, what's my next thing, you know, I had a young kid and you know, I'm going to spin up some new startup and work 80 hours a week, you know, and uh, I had a cabin uh, in the Shenandoah Valley that was on Airbnb and I saw the numbers were pretty good. They're very strong and did some research and realized that uh, I could scale that, you know, um, uh, ended up in 2018, ended up picking up three sort of by happen chance. Didn't really set out to buy three you know, all at once, uh, but the deals just kind of came, came that way uh, Two were off market. And really those three properties set me on the path for financial freedom. I had uh, you know, made good money in different endeavors, but never had that financial freedom part, right? The, the freedom to, you know, get up and, and leave the desk, you know, uh, go to the soccer game. Um, you know, I always had anxiety, you know, just taking a lunch break, right? <laughs> you know, run up to the bank in the middle of the afternoon. I always just felt that like gravity to my, uh, my office chair that uh, I've sort of been freed from through uh, this phase of, of my life as a short-term rental investor. Yeah, I, I, I love the term. You kind of hit two terms that I love. Serial entrepreneur, right? And financial freedom. Because I think that's a concept that a lot of people hear. And they say, hey, that sounds like me. But defining it is challenging. You know, so when I look at financial freedom, I talk to a lot of people and I say, hey, what does that look like for you? A lot of times they're, they're business owners and they have investments, but they're not really capitalizing on that. You know, to me, when I look at financial freedom, it's the ability to have money coming in, whether I'm actually working today or not, right? Am I striking the clock? Yes, exactly. That's exactly how I feel about it. You know, uh, making money when you sleep or, you know, that uh, being able to just kind of pick up and go, uh, you know, take an afternoon off or hit that three o'clock soccer game, um, you know, on Tuesday afternoon. Soccer, hockey, whatever strikes your fashion, right, Joe? Sure. I'm more of a fan of the American-based sports than the Russian-based ones. And my friends and I call soccer and hockey a communist sport, but hey, no, no harm, no foul on that one. 
You do realize hockey was started in Canada, right? Uh, uh, Frozen Lakes, communism. No, it's fine. Um, No, I think it's hilarious. I think the the question that I only have on Airbnb, like for you, Colin, what was the passion behind doing like short-term rentals through like Airbnb? I guess that's my my question around like, I've got long-term rentals, I got commercial rentals. I've never done the short-term rentals just because of, I don't actually want to be dealing with project management all that much. And I want to give it to somebody else to handle, but like, what was it about short-term rentals? Like given your journey to like, Hey, start up, I got to do something new. Why, why that niche? You know, I think the passion for me came from being able to really control on a day-to-day basis, how the assets performing. So, you know, I've had the same, same kind of journey. I've had some long-term rentals. I've had some commercial buildings, but, you know, that you lock in a lease, right? There's not much you can do to drive value, you know, on a day-to-day basis. And so for me, the exciting thing when, when I started to really get good at and using some of the tools that are available to really drive revenue and drive the product, improve the product, improve the guest experience on a day-to-day basis and see that guest experience improvement turn into a higher, um, you know, higher revenues. So, you know, I had this first cabin and I thought it was doing pretty good and it was doing maybe like $4,000 uh, a month. I really honed my craft uh, over that, that summer and started using some dynamic pricing tools and some automations and turned that $4,000 a month cabin into a $6,000 a month cabin that now is probably more like a seven or $8,000 a month cabin. So the passion for me just kind of came from the input and result, you know, that feedback loop. And then additionally, um, helping other people do it, right? So, you know, applying, testing my you know, systems and processes, you know, in other markets, it kind of started with friends, you know, people notice, hey, you're doing pretty good with this, you know, you think you could help me. And um, seeing that it was replicable and then getting involved with Keller Williams and, and, and agents uh, all around the country, uh, you know, we've been able to repeat the process, you know, just about every market you could think of. That's what gets me excited. Can I ask a really, this might be really dumb because I really haven't gone into like Airbnb and like how you do those like value at. If, if you have a consistent short-term rental, like you've got, I'm assuming you've got, and you do the value adds with like either fixtures you're adding into it or other items that cause a better value. Do these short-term rentals eventually trade like a commercial building where like you can take like non-occupancy, non like like fixtures and stuff like that immediately come in and get like this this how much this how much demand for the rentals are. This is like my year-over-year rental from Airbnb, and they actually trade at a higher valuation when you go to sell them, or are they very much like a normal residential? property based on comps if you were to like sell that to a new buyer or seller yeah it's a little bit of a hybrid and it's evolving um particularly with the like dscr loans the um it, it's starting to trade a little bit more like a commercial property um, i have not actually uh, divested or sold any of my properties um so you know i will definitely get a command a higher value and you do see it you know in um you know, when you're looking at properties, um, you know, you'll sometimes see in the listings, this is a successful short-term rental. It's, you know, being sold for fully furnished. It's got a calendar, you know, fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 a year. So I think that that is getting some premium, but I wouldn't say that we're at the point where, you know, like a commercial apartment building where you can really, um, you know, get, uh, you know, a full appreciation of the rent rolls. Now you, you, you touched on, what's that? 
I do see it going that, that direction, right? And the other thing that's going on is we're seeing larger players come into the short-term rental space and trying to buy up portfolios. Um, and so I think those will definitely trade at a premium. You touched on early when you got your stock through your first cabin that it was kind of by happenstance. I think that that happens for a lot of people a lot of times. Like, hey, I held on to this property or became an investor. Or, hey, I bet this business because it was interesting. But now you're being purposeful about it, right? How to associates who know inventory, know the market, know their experts and where they are, how did they get started? And because I think that the mindset for a lot of people, and forgive me if I'm wrong, is like, hey, it's it's a beachfront property, it's a lakefront property, it's a waterfront property, which always are areas of high demand. So the values are really high. How do you I get into this and say, hey, how do I find a property that's going to be productive, right? And provide value for me that I'm not just betting on appreciation. Mm -hmm. So I look at it, um, you know, my thesis is really also change of use on the property. So at the beach, definitely things are going to be the price, the valuation is going to be baked in there with the assumption that there's some rental going on. So in my markets, um, in the getaway markets that, that I invest in and coach in primarily, you're changing the use usually at this point. Um, from the single family getaway weekend house to a full term, you know, short term rental Airbnb. So that's where there's some arbitrage still available um, is, is that change of use from the weekend getaway house to the full full time commercial rental short term rental. So you're focused on identifying the properties that can be more of that all all year, all time use. Just as that yeah, versus the vacation getaway. Well, it's really versus the beach. You know, the only places, <laughs> and I'm sure there are. <laughs> Everything but the beach. Well, and, and it depends on your goals, right? So if your goal, and I've definitely had clients like this, my goal is to always own a beach home. And, but I'd sure like it to pay for itself, right? Then everything that I teach works, right? But if your goal is maximizing cash flow or return on investment, then, you know, the price per square foot, uh, you know, at the beach, there's some rent usually baked into that. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, Jeff. No, I, I think this is like a fascinating one for everybody thinking about like the different ways to leverage real estate. What are like, besides just the general like cash flow of like, hey, I got in the Airbnb and as long as the mortgage is three grand and I get 3,500, I'm pretty much good to go that it, it you know, does what you're talking about. It's like it pays for itself. I get some time for it myself. And it's obviously a you know, debt pay down and appreciation. Are there any other benefits inside of like the Airbnb for those listening that haven't dabbled in it besides like obviously getting the mortgage paid and some tax incentives from like it being a business? Like what other other tax incentives or benefits are you seeing outside the normal cash flow or ROI that's like important to you? Well, to me, you know, cash flow is, is the most important part to me, um, you know, and so not investing in the beach and investing in places that are getaway destinations where we're repurposing the asset, you know, we're doing much better than just paying the mortgage. So, you know, a typical property, uh, you know, let's say $6,000 a month in gross is going to net something like $3,000, right? After mortgage, after cleaning, after utilities. Mm -hmm. And so if you take that number, and that's kind of where I was at with my first, it's pretty easy to start multiplying that $3,000 number times however many, you know, uh, however many you need to meet your, you know, um, 
your fixed expenses. And that's where we start to get into the financial freedom, right? So it was pretty quick that, you know, two, three units was really paying all my fixed, uh, you know, costs to live. Mm-hmm. I mean, the margins there are dramatically higher than what we talk about when we talk about long-term investment type of opportunities, right? Your margins are at par, maybe a little bit of, and for a lot of people, depending on the market, you're, they're running in the red because they're banking on that appreciation. You're actually seeing profitability, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50%, 100%. If you make it 6,000 on 3,000, right? Then what I think most people realize, wow, this is different. It is. It's very different. And, you know, kind of back to the theme of your podcast, the part of the difference is that you are now running a business, right? It's not just set it and forget it. it and to me, that's fun, right? So, you know, to have a long-term rental where you've got a guest in there, you know, a lease in there, leasey in there, and then you only come back once a year to repaint. Um, you know, we're running more of a business in the short-term rental portfolio, right? We're always improving. We're managing contractors. You know, we're managing cleaners. You know, we're managing guests. But that's where the value, you know, comes in as well, right? You're creating that value by creating that guest experience, and so it is more like running a, a small business. Then, you know, even with one, right? So in our case, you know, we have 10. So, it, you know, it's a full-fledged business. You have 10. And now when I, so at one point in time, I had eight. I had eight, I had eight rental properties. And the last thing, I didn't manage any of them. And now that capacity, I only had one that was a short-term rental. And that was before Airbnb, right? It was a thing, right? So I had basically a property management company that just managed the, the three-day turnover, which was, you know, the, the minimums that we were allowed to get away with in that particular location. Do you see more and more people ma- doing self-manage or outsourcing that management because the margins are there to cover it, right? Right. It, it depends on the person's situation, right? Um, but I preach self-management, right? So Airbnb does so much for us, right? They show the listing, they collect the money, they, you know, insure it, they give a platform for communications, and then we use softwares to automate pricing, we use softwares to automate messaging. So the tools are there to make it very easy to self-manage. Additionally, you know, so not only do you duck, say, the 20% management fee, you know, we always talk about the other part where people miss is a management company isn't really incentivized to maximize your revenue, right? They're, they just they want to get your calendar full for you. So, you know, when you learn what you're doing in the short-term rental game, you are really also maximizing your revenue. So it's not just the 20% you lose, it's the 20%, the additional 20% that you would have gained by doing um, more active management on, on your own versus what a management company is going to do for you. Colin, sorry, I haven't read the book. I also wasn't there for your, your breakout when we had that in our Virginia's Regions event. I got a question. Like when I look at my rental properties, it's kind of like within a 50 mile radius in my area that is also on the, in an, in, uh, in a, <clears throat> I know this is a short term, this is like long-term residential. It's on the, the, the neighborhoods on the other side of perception. Like for instance, in Northern Virginia, there's this area of like Southern Arlington that doesn't make a whole lot of sense south of 50. It's like north of 50, everybody wants to be there. You get into old town, but there's this like pizza slice area of South Arlington that nobody wants to be in, but it like bookends. It doesn't make any sense where there's like substantial price points and rentals higher in, on the wet on the east side. So I've always said like, how do you get to bookend neighborhoods? How do you be within 50 
you know, 50 miles of your primary residence to do exactly what you're talking about, like, you know, being the primary uh, manager of the property. And then I've, I always go with the 1% rule, or I look at the fact of like, how can I make sure that I'm getting at least, you know, a 12% uh, cash on cash for that rental property? Is there any like key metrics that you're looking at when you say like, you know, back of envelope napkin or something like that that says this is kind of like the parameters that you're going off of to even consider the short-term rental being valuable for you? You know, there's some great tools available. Um, there's a tool called AirDNA that you can use. Um, let's say you're thinking about a market and you want to try to get some insight. Uh, AirDNA, you can go to that market and you can get average daily rates. You can get average occupancy, some other statistics about investability. Um, I don't look at a, any specific number just because I know my market so well. I know what a house in that market, you know, is, is going to generate. And I, you know, can then just look at the mortgage costs. Um in the book, there's, I think it's like page 28 or something. There's a whole PL that kind of shows you, um, you know, from gross to all estimating all your expenses. And I do, you know, the one number I do strive for is that 50% gross margin from, you know, gross to net. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Um, the only other question I've got, I know that's come up with a couple of my buddies um, that have had, they've got grandfathered in on like the short-term rental, um, I don't know what they're what you call it. Basically, the they're no longer allowing permits, so they're caught forcing permits in. For is there anything that you should like people should be aware of in regards to their? I guess they could do, you know, investigate and go read because you know knowledge is power. <laughs> but anything that you're seeing in sort of like trends of different areas starting to put parameters on what kind of short term rentals you can have, and I know this actually comes up a lot because we're so close to Washington D.C. with the major um, hotels lobbying very heavily for. Right. Uh, short-term rental constraints and and like limits and permits and stuff like that. I don't know if you've got insights or ways to kind of look at that or how you're seeing that as an opportunity rather than just a restriction. Yeah. On, on the big picture um, is to look in markets that historically have been getaway destinations, right? Yeah. So they're typically not going to change, right? Um, there may be some permitting, um, and then from a kind of more micro uh, perspective, yeah, we, you always need to check, you know, the county that you're, um, you know, check with the county and see what the regulations are. You know, I'd rather be taxed than, you know, um, regulated out. Um, the other thing to do is check your HOA. So you can be in a county that allows short-term rentals, but there's some HOA restrictions. Um, so just check with your agent, you know, or be the agent that knows, um, you know, what the HOA covenants may be regarding short-term rentals. Beware the HOA. <laughs> no, it's helpful because I think like it from a, I know these are all the questions that I always get fielded about. That's why I'm asking you these Colin. So sorry if they're like, you know, level, level one uh, experience on it, but it's always the ones that I always get is like, you know, how does it trade against a commercial property? What are some general ideas that you kind of look at for targeting? And then like, what are some of the restrictions with legislation that are coming down the pipe that might have some challenges and how to like reposition some of these um, properties that or I mentioned, terms. Yeah, that tool that I mentioned, AirDNA, does have a quick, um, there's really like five things that go into a market grade and one is regulation, right? So how, what is the, the regulatory environment? And it's scaled on like zero to a hundred, right? So a hundred mm -hmm. actually being good. Um, so if, if you are looking at an area and you see, you know, kind of a regulation score in the middle, something less than 100, you know, 50, 60, um, then you're going to want to, you know, that's a that's a yellow flag to, to dig a little deeper. Gotcha. 
You know, it's, I, I I look at this and, and you hear different things, like just like the real estate market, the micro niches, you hear different things. Good man, like you hear like, hey, I've missed the boat on the whole aired B&B mindset or the, let's dispel that for a couple of minutes. OK, and let's kind of talk about that, like real estate in general. Today's good as day as anybody else to get started, because what you touched on, which was which was know my market. Right. So you don't just jump in blindly to things, but we also don't just take what we learn from the news either. So, so the, let's the talk about some of the, the negative connotations that might have been out there. You know, I think anything that we've heard recently comes out of people who got started in the short-term rental business sort of haphazardly. They kind of jumped on the boat, you know, during the COVID boom and did real well and now aren't doing as well. Those are the people that aren't really treating hosting like a profession, like a business, um, you know. Things were easy. Now Airbnb doesn't like me anymore, right? So you know, if you take the time <laughs> to educate yourself, yeah, if you take your time to educate yourself on, you know, Airbnb at its core is a search algorithm, right? Like Google, and it's incentivized to, you know, so it has to make some sort of decision. You know, just understanding this will separate hosts. You know, the professional. This is the kind of the core of a professional versus say haphazard host, right? Mm -hmm. If you understand that, you know, you're marketing to an algorithm. Right? You're marketing to guests, to, you know, inevitably, but you're really marketing. Airbnb has to decide in which order to show the 300 listings in a given market. And the crux of that is thinking of that showing, that free showing, that placement as like a lead. And so if you are the host that has the property and the pricing and the policies and the reviews have treated this professionally, then you are going to climb that algorithm and you're going to show at the top. And so you want to be a prominent priority host. You want to be on page one. And so what happens is people who don't understand that end up on page four of search results, you know, in the number 89 position, and then they don't get views and views means then they don't get bookings. So you got to learn, you know, the algorithm, I, you know, we need to understand what the algorithm wants, right? And that is you know, a unique property with great reviews, uh, great photography, good decor, and priced appropriately for the moment, right? So, for example... Boy, that you know, sounds a whole lot different than what we tell our consumers when they're selling their house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to meet the market. It's worth, you know, next Tuesday night at, uh, at, at one of my properties might be, you know, $120 uh, a night. Because it's next Tuesday night, and there's just not that many people looking next Tuesday night. Versus, you know, two weekends from now, or or Thanksgiving weekend. Let's use that example, right? Where that same property is going to book for three hundred, three hundred fifty dollars a night. So when I'm hearing you really say, as you're saying this, I've done a lot of like this is like me going off of like down a rabbit hole, Colin. So please pardon this one, but like what I just heard you say was essentially like. I call, we always call it like a couple of my buddies talk about the Marriott model where like Marriott really doesn't own anything or do anything. They just have a platform. They just have an, a login like that says, Hey, or here's all the Marriott properties that are on Bonvoy. Here's the pricing. Here's the features. And what you're telling me is like to be really successful in short term rental is like, Hey, you're partnering with Airbnb as like the platform for search, but it's on me 
as like the property, because like if anyone knows about like hotel management, you got the person that buys the building, you got the person that operates the, the hotel, and then you've got Bonvoy that basically operates the the booking and search function. So what you're saying is like, you're basically like kind of like a mini hotel connoisseur. And you're saying like, hey, if I know that my property looks like this and gets pictures like this and blah, 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 I can demand this rate. So you're really, and you think about like hotel booking or short-term booking, there's a cost money that goes to Airbnb. And you're saying where the majority of the money is going to come from is the ability to have, um, to operate the property, kind of like if you're operating the building and then to actually own the property as well, because that's where your money's being. Like that's kind of like my short term, like, you know, thing of like how you could actually operate an amazing business where you've got like the $3,000 margin per property. Absolutely. We, we think of ourselves as a boutique hotel brand. Yeah. And you're making all that money off of the appreciation of the property, which I still, still think is like what I, my biggest takeaway on this one, Colin, is just like the fact that short term rentals are starting to get looked at because of DSCR loans as like a portfolio for commercial properties, because if you could show all that rental income and all of the asset appreciation on it, you could package it and sell it to a portfolio and really have an exit play, which is really cool. Cause I don't know, you know, if you acquire 15 individual properties, there's not a whole lot of demand to say, Hey, let me package all 15 residential properties and try to sell it as a portfolio to some like BlackRock. But I could see the rental part being really advantageous in areas that have grandfathered in short-term rental laws. You know, there's a lot of people that uh, see that that's the direction things are heading, right? Private equity came in and bought a lot of, um, you know, residential houses. Um, and they're always, you know, private equity is always looking for margin. And so there's, um, you know, a lot of thought from people who, who understand that, um, that short-term rentals will get sold. You know, um, I have, actually have a client that's raised two different separate funds. Um, you know, they bought like, 20 houses in the first fund. I think they're buying like a hundred in the second fund with that exact exit strategy in mind. So I'm not that dumb. There's a reason why you keep me around, Dave. I have my moments of like enlightenment. <laughs> I, I, I learned somewhere that you, know, you just surround yourself with others smarter than you and you figure things out and you just raise expectations. So, you know, that, that works out well for me. <laughs> So Colin, I got a, my final question on mine. I'll shut up and give it over to Dave. Is there anything that we didn't cover in this conversation that you think is like paramount to anybody getting into short-term rentals with like Airbnbs? Yeah, we, we talked about it a little bit, but let's just take a step back on, you know, where, where to get started. So, you know, maybe the capstone here is people are excited. You know, they've heard about these numbers. They've been interested in this. What's their next step? And to me, I always say, find your where, right? Finding your where is, where do you personally, Joe, what do you like to do? Are you into skiing? Are you into mountain biking, craft beer, you know, going to the lake, going to the river? You know, where is a place that you would enjoy spending some time? Where, where are you passionate about? A couple hours, where do you like to get away for a weekend? You know, and, and that's where I tell people to get started. Where would you like to get away? And because that money follows the energy, right? If you're going to go set this place up and be excited about it, um, it should be a place that you, you know, are personally passionate about. So for the listeners, you know, thinking about this, you know, that maybe that's your homework, you know, sit down with your spouse or friend or colleague and brainstorm where, where do I like to go? What do I like to do? Do I like to go to the mountains? Do I like to, it started for me from fly fishing, right? I'd like to fly fish and ended up in this cabin area and ended up buying a cabin well before Airbnb. And it was 
you know, because I, I like that area. So people can get started by brainstorming a list of places that they would be interested in staying and then pop over to AirDNA. Um, it's now free. They used to, you had to, used to have to sign up for the market and take a look at that market and see, you know, what's the score on that market? Does that look like there's other Airbnbs that are successful there? And look at their daily rates and then, you know, get out and go see one. Take the weekend and go see an agent and get out there and, you know, you know, well, walk, walk the, walk the sidewalks. Yeah. I tell you what, I mean, I've been in, I've been in real estate for 17 years and I always thought that, you know, wherever I lived, I knew the market pretty well from an investment side of things to understanding the long-term investment. Right. So this is really because our audience predominantly for the most part is going to be real estate agents. And I'm saying, not only do you know your market, but do you know this section of the market, right? Are you able to talk to this side of the market to one, not only take advantage of it and build your own personal wealth, but two, work with others to help them identify the right problems. Like I literally just jumped right on air DNA and here's, I'm like, well, it'd be really cool if it told me what houses were for sale in certain markets. Truth be told, here's 532 properties that are for sale yeah, that I didn't know was there. And that's shame on me for not knowing that this tool, this vehicle was, was an avenue to go, hey, look, it's not only telling me values of property, occupancy of property, average rates, but it's saying here's properties for sale. Yeah, and as an agent, this is, you know, I get excited about, you know, talking to, to real estate agents. It's the focus of, of my coaching. Okay, let's say you're not quite ready to go buy an investment property, but how many clients have you sold a primary home to, right? Go back to your database. How many homes have you sold in the last five, 10 years, right? And who doesn't want to, own a vacation rental property. You can go back, you can have a seminar, right? You could get a little, um, you know, weekend thing together, open house type thing, or just individually reach out to your clients. Yeah. That every one of those people is a potential buyer for a short-term rental. If you could show them how it's going to pay for itself and most likely pay for that person's primary mortgage. That is a powerful tool for an agent. I I could have said it better. Look, as we wrap up, let me ask you this because I think it's great that you said that you know self-manage is the way to go, and you get the you get to minimize the expense and the cost because the tools, right? I know when I bought my property, goodness gracious, it was almost 20 years ago now. That was in a it was in Sedona, which was a luxury market, which was difficult to crack in because of 30-day limitation rules, which we kind of tapped around. But I had to have somebody on the ground manage it for me, which was fine. But now if I'm able to re reduce that overhead and manage myself, how does somebody like you help me, right? This is your niche now, right? You've identified, you've written a book, you're now coaching people, you're the host coach. So what are you doing to help people take advantage and capitalize and learn and grow through this avenue of investment? Yeah, you know, the cool thing about the book is most books on short-term rentals, I refer, and not everyone, but most are sort of, book reports on the platform, right? This is the feature of the platform. This is another feature of the platform, or let's compare two different softwares. Our book was written, it, you know, the byline is blueprint for financial freedom. It is 100% actually what we do. It is the process we follow for finding markets, evaluating markets, decorating, you know, it's all in there, right? Decorating all the tools. So, you know, and the book is on Kindle for 99 cents. It's 1490 on paperback. You know, we're there. We're really just trying to spread the word and help um, help agents. You know, I do um, free consultations. Uh, you know, hostcoach.co is the website. You know, anybody can pop over there and schedule a calendarly with me. And then if 
finally, if that's not quite enough, then I do, you know, like a 90 day coaching engagement where I will work with you specifically, David. All right. You know, I get all this, but I need some accountability. I need somebody to walk me through specifically, you know, my market, my property. I help people pick and select properties, uh, come up with uh, their decor and renovation plans together, and then help them, you know, actually go live on the platform and plug in all these softwares. I'll, let, I'll ask you one last question and, and then we'll kind of call it in. I, I really appreciate your time. This is great. And, you know, who knows, maybe I'll start buying properties again in a year from now, but we'll kind of look, relook at some of the successes. So if we had mentioned we put the beach in its own separate environment and we recognize that you love the lakes and the cabins, through your coaching and, the, and working with your clients, is there any one particular area we say, hey, if I'm going to look at a new market that maybe it's outside of where I currently live, is there one that jumps off for you? There's not. It's the one that's, you know, one to three hours from whatever your major metropolitan area is, wherever you live. You know, you want to be a couple hours away. And where do people, you know, in your in where do people in your town, you know, where do they go? You know, go where they go. We met in Charlottesville. And I think I said it to to Maria. Um, what a better place. I mean, Charlottesville, you you could draw two, three hour ring around Charlottesville, boy, you can find, you know, just about everything from lakes to rivers, to mountains, to, you know, skiing, you know, it's, you know, just using that as an example of where we, where we met, um, you know, there's dozens and dozens of, uh, um, you know, potential areas. Well, listen, Colin, I really appreciate you joining today. So I, I found you incredibly insightful and in that room. And I, I, I always have to hear things a couple of times. So I reach, really appreciate you coming back and joining us again. It's just kind of drilling at home for me a second time. I'm going to take another dive back into your book. And I can already tell that Joe's been online looking because he loses his focus and his, his, his eyes go to his screen. So I know. I, 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 funny, Colin, that you literally, as you were doing that, I found this property in a water, a riverfront area on the Potomac that I was already looking at. And I was pulling up air dna and i'm looking at the property on my, my my mls so i'm like but yes you did your, your content today got me thinking on something else i already reached out to my realtor down in that area to be like hey can you run some comps for me so you know there there it is you had value joe's joe's busy writing a listing offer <laughs> like as you're saying this and you're giving me all like the deal like i'm thinking to myself this is really dumb i really do need to move forward on this thing so i already started moving on it so well, you impacted somebody that's what I, I realize when I look at, and I think there's a scarcity of mindset for ages. Like we have all this information. We've got, we've got tools, we've got property, we have analytics right through our local boards and the MLSs. We've got search capabilities branded to ourselves that we send to our consumers off at the same time. But we as realtors don't do enough for ourselves. And that's really what I want them up to kind of generate for people. Because the traditional aspect of buying a property for the long term is still a solid play. Getting involved in commercial, heck, I've actually been looking at some storage units myself lately. There are plenty, but this avenue, this area, the way that we've experienced things, the way we look like, is something we really need to get involved in. And you've got to do better at understanding it, if not for yourself, but for your consumers. So with all that, Colin, I appreciate you joining us today. Hey, can I uh, throw one more thing in there? Uh, we talked about the Absolutely. Beginning. So it is it's that scarcity comes from just a lack of information, right? So that's why we, uh, you know, are excited about what we do. We have the book, we do a lot of presentations, but we're actually launching a podcast next week on the 21st, just called Host Coach, and it is directed to KW agents 
around the subject of financial freedom through short-term rentals. And so all the content there will be answering, you know, all the questions that you might have to get you enough confidence to go forward and, you know, uh, start investing or helping your, your clients. Uh, I short -term rental look at that. Cause this will be dropping next Wednesday. You're dropping next Tuesday. The two will tie together. Right. So we'll make sure that everybody gets out and looks up host coach and listens to that. Cause I know I will be as well. Awesome. Well, thank you, Colin. I appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Dave. Absolutely. And until next time with Entrepreneurial Impact, your two hosts, Joe and Dave, and I appreciate y'all tuning in and give us a listen in and follow in on Spotify as well as Apple iPod. Take care, everybody.